to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice. Nope, nope, nope. We're keeping it in. Just keep going. Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. It, the fact that you said it with such gusto and uh, it just rolls you were, off the it tongue. It was confident. You were yeah. so confident. We were... We 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 got up this morning. We're getting ready. We were groggy. Now we're up, and you were like, "All right, hit it, power on, push the start, Dawn of Justice." My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at No Clutch Nate. So what? I'm I'm some kind of guest. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. so. I think so. so. This yeah. Some yeah, kind yeah. of guest. So spot. We, we got someone <laughs> over here. Who's this? Hello. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah, I'm Niall McGowan. Uh, I'm from Bat Minutes, where we're doing what you guys are doing. Just with the other Batman movies from uh, Tim Burton's through through and including Joel Schumacher's. So hello, hey, welcome to the show. Welcome you, back. <laughs> you are doing the Schumacher Batman. Oh yeah, for sure. That was always the plan. Was that we were, uh, you know, going up up through the, the the four ones of like the essentially the nineties. I know the first one's eighty nine, but mm-hmm. yeah, and then. Um, I don't think we had any plans to do The Dark Knight afterwards because there was such a big gap, but I think other people are doing that now. So it's like, well, well, I guess uh, Batman and Robins are cut off points, technically. Although we might do something with Mask of the Phantasm. We never know. We'll see. Hopefully. Ooh, that's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, one yeah, deserves yeah, yeah. it. That one, I think that one might deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. We, um, yeah, we had you guys on for Dawn of Justice. You guys got to talk about uh, some... Uh, 1940s modern clothing that the daily planet had and um and then yeah now we're talking about suicide squad um but guys definitely check out bat minute they got um that they did batman 89 now you guys on are are on batman returns that's right yeah Um, yeah and i'm excited to hear batman forever minute that one will be (laughs) primo stuff Mm. Um, but yeah, but today we're talking about minute number 46 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with uh, Slipknot saying uh, some words about uh, the lady he punched in the face in Friday's minute last Do week. Do you consider it a one-liner? Does he have? Is it a one-liner? She's she had a mouth. Yeah, is that, is that, is that a that, one-liner? That's a, that's okay. a one. That's, that's a, a one-liner. Uh, that's a, that's what they call a quip. A quip. Yeah, like not the toothbrush. Um, Oh, you know, the, I heard those are very good. I mm. thought about picking one up. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That, that it's a it's a one liner, but it's it's not the the. It's weird to say, but the punch was somewhat hilarious last week. It was a headbutt. Anyway, has a minute end. No, he he socked her. Was it a sock? I thought it was a headbutt. No, nah, it was a pretty heavy sock. Um, but the <laughs> the the one liner well, is He has to go funny. for a heavy sock. You know, that's just for the, yeah the change in the weather. Yeah. Had to have at least four bars of soap in it, um, <laughs> but the the one liner itself is is not, it's not funny, because it's like the punch it came out of nowhere. That's physical comedy, but saying you know she had a mouth. It's like what am I supposed to do? Applaud for that? Like yeah, you know what she did have a mouth. Like that's yeah. Well, how do we know? Anyway. <laughs> like how am I supposed to know? What, uh, where did the laugh at that we'll part? Get there. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I the, got some things to say about uh, his one liner. Okay. Um, but then the minute ends with uh, Deadshot calling out Rick Flag on his pep talk. That's how it ends. So Nate, you want to go ahead and start with your uh, your Slipknot? Yeah. Quip. How do we know she had? 
What did she? She said something when she came out she of the said, car. It was a, like, uh, like have a nice day, asshole, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> along nice. those lines. And like, I guess I'm supposed to assume that the entire car ride she was given Slipknot shit. Sorry, stuff. See, we were just talking about cursing and dropping stuff. She was giving him a hard time, heckling mm-hmm. him and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but how am I supposed to know? He decks this woman and then just walks out all cool. Like, a pair of sunglasses is supposed to fall on his head and just be like, yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. And again, Mark's right. Were you supposed to stand up and clap? Were we supposed to laugh? Like, I mean, I understand his delivery of the line. Fabulous. Flawless. I loved it. It was great. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like... It's just, it's kind of like they've just oh we had to give him something to say but then why put in the effort with Slipknot like I know I personally am honored to be here for five of the forty seconds of Slipknot is in the movie but <laughs> yeah. it is kind of like I know they went through a lot of trouble in the lead up to this to kind of make it look like he was going to be part of the team so I guess that is you know that is spoilers that his death in a couple of minutes would be like really shocking because I remember like Empire Magazine their big feature on Suicide Squad. They had an interview with this guy and everything, like like he was part of the the group and stuff. But then you know, there's no fla- he doesn't get his own flashback or anything, whereas everyone else does. So like, had they had a flashback for him, maybe they could have had a bit of like, oh, Slipknot really hates mouths or something like that. And <laughs> like, but this is just kind of like I think it's it's in that sort of thing where uh, they're just trying to make sure that you know that they're all bad. So it's like, yep, he's punched a woman yeah. in the face. He's a bad guy. Just, mm-hmm. you know, they constantly have to keep reminding you throughout the movie that they're villains. Like, you know, the, 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 well, we're bad guys. That's just what we do. It's like, yeah, I got yeah, it. I got it. No, yeah. It's, I, it's like, that, I get it. You punched a woman. I, I remember it. That point of, oh, yeah, they're bad guys gets, like, reused a lot. Not even, no, no, no. It does get reused a lot, but it's so fluctuating because it's like, oh, yeah, they're bad guys. But check out this scene where they're all together and having a great time and laughing and yeah. enjoying each other's company. But wait, no, they're bad guys. Oh, but they're having a great time. Nah, they're bad guys. <laughs> it's just like this constant ebb and flow of like uh, uncertainty. And I think that happens more in... Oh, remember what they said about what this film was. It is a roller coaster of uh, bipolar. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forget what the words were, but it was excuses. like... Excuses. <laughs> excuses, yeah, yeah, excuses, excuses. But I think, yeah, Will Smith, will, uh, Deadshot will have a line. It's like, don't forget we're no, the you're bad right. guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, I Will was going to say, Will Smith does... Uh, I think it's Will Smith in this minute. Um, this is, and I'm a, I'm a fan of the Deadshot, and I'm a fan of Will Smith playing Deadshot. But this whole thing at the end, oh, the, we'll get it to it. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to jump to that. But that is, that yeah. really has just, the, just the, the smell of like, this is like, Will, do something funny. Like, just improv uh-huh. something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, yep, yeah. this is just, anyway. Will, the, the Fresh Prince has arrived in the movie for like 10 seconds. And like, he'll pop up intermittently when he's not playing mm-hmm. Deadshot. <laughs> You're right, though, about Slipknot with, when you said, you know, like, why put in the effort um, to, the one-liner is kind of like an effort to to say something about the character. The punch was enough. He punched a woman in the face. That's not the right thing to do. We as an audience go, that's not right. And we kind of get a laugh if there is one. Um, but then the, the, the extra line after that seems to be wasted effort for a character that 
you you already know that the character is bad and we're, we're set to kill him off. You don't have to um, play up uh, what I would think is an excuse to like somehow make the character more interesting. Um, mm. It's just like, you know, punch the woman in the face, restrain him, and then move on. It should have been like some dweeby nerdy kid with glasses that he like punched or headbutted or something. No, because that's... It should have been like the 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 kid from Chair Force that comes along for the ride, and he got stuck. His first his first mission is to transfer this prisoner, and he's like a dweeby little nerdy kid. But then again, I feel like you would have to set something happening in the car with the set of precedents of them of of Slipknot not liking this person. With the same thing, it happens the same thing with the woman. I don't know why Slipknot doesn't like that woman, mm-hmm. and on the reverse, I wouldn't know why he would like. A nerdy dweeby kid, but I would rather him hit a nerdy dweeby kid than a woman. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. throw Rick Moranis in there, and like Rick Moranis can take a punch, and I'd what be like, Rick yeah. Moranis up to? He doesn't do any Hollywood anymore stuff, man. He's got a family. <laughs> I do wonder uh, though. It was specifically chosen to be like, oh, he hits women, so when he does yeah. die, it's like he had it coming because he was extra bad. Like, yeah, you don't mm-hmm. see like Captain Boomerang's a sleazeball, but you don't see him actually punch a woman in the face. So it makes him a little bit more likable than uh, than Slipknot because you. That's is that really it? I mean, they even threw in the extra line where Captain Boomerang was like, "I was just hanging out with me Nana," mm. but yeah. and then this red streak came in, and it was like, I mean, he's lying, but like least... we're really supposed to think, "Oh, Slipknot's a piece of crap." Yeah, yeah. he's hitting like women a, like a real. Piece oh of my shit. gosh, yeah. come on! But I mean, yeah, that's the point. But then it's like, oh, she had a mouth, and it's like, okay, so am I just supposed to excuse that? Am I just supposed to be like, oh yeah, no, you know, it's fine. You can hit her. It's like, no, that takes the fun out of the joke. Feels like when they were having those interviews in that art of book when they got to the Slipknot page, the dude was really into it. Like he was, uh, he wanted to be the character. He wanted to to embody it, and it seems like it's just written off like it was just a just a nothing <laughs> i'm not i'm not a fan of that it just seems a little a uh, little lazy it's, it's fine though that he is legitimately not even built up in the movie like they built him up in the promotion that he was going to be yeah. part of the team but then the movie kind of forgets about that and you i wonder if it had been like you had, like, had it been captain Mubarang or someone who gets killed instead of him someone you actually had a little bit of an inkling about would have been more of an, you know, because it just feels very much at the minute that he is, he might as well just be wearing a red shirt. Like, he is just mm-hmm. there to be like, we're going to tell you about that thing in your neck. And in case, you know, we told yeah. you about it, but I guess you need to see it because the audience are idiots. So we have to show you someone <laughs> die from that thing. And, uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, he was definitely, uh, definitely a waste of a character. And uh, But the thing is, I think there's a couple of characters in this movie that are completely wasted as well, so... It's a it's it's merely a symptom of a bigger problem within the within the whole. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think what they what they should do in maybe a sequel for this film is that is <laughs> tread to, lightly. That's happening. It, it is happening because um, <laughs> they're all listening to this. Yeah, but <laughs> they need to surprise the audience by actually killing off someone of importance. You know, like Slipknot is here to. To be killed, we know he's here to be killed. That's what Suicide Squad does. It takes characters and kills them off easily. Uh, but it's like, yeah, but no one cared about him. There's nothing more. I mean, 
I guess because he has a name and he's a super villain, people talk about him. Um, but you know, they don't say anything about, uh, 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 what is Clint Eastwood's kid? Scott Eastwood. They don't say anything about Scott Eastwood's character being killed off or anything like that. It's like in next time introduce a character, uh, you know, take killer croc. He survived one film in the next film, just have him mess up and then blow his head off. And then people will go, Oh, but I really like that character. And it's like, that's the point. That's Suicide Squad. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, but then you're just completely signing off that actor's contract. But it's that's like, the you only point get a one of, movie deal, bro. That's the point <laughs> of the comic books, right? That's that wasn't that um, isn't that the point? Yeah, but it it's it translates differently when it's uh someone's livelihood as a, their job versus an artist writing a character out. You know what I mean? Yeah, because contracts in uh, Hollywood. It's, yeah, it's like but I'm right there with you, dude. They killed Ironhide in Transformers, and I'm still not over it. Like, yeah, see, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Like that's like uh, you know, I'm all for curveballs, and uh, if you do it right, like that did, I am sh- still shook. Mm. Oh, and, I uh, guess I guess Diablo dies in this film. Spoiler, <laughs> sorry. Oh God. <laughs> That was, but he didn't die. Suicide Squad minute. But he died like heroically and not like, oh, I messed up or I'm I'm deserting. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live a better life. I don't know. Amanda Waller didn't pull the trigger. That's what I'm saying. Um, but uh, yeah, we we get a pep talk from Rick Flag, and, and I I do I do enjoy this scene as as you know some things. In movies have to be for exposition. You have to get the exposition at some point. This way, I don't think it's that bad. Are you kidding? Wait, you think it's bad? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought it was okay. We're going to a place with a lot of bad stuff, big explosions, gunfire. You're probably going to die, Suicide Squad. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get it, though, at some point. No, you don't. Yes, you do. In a film, I do not to- need Rick Flag telling me. Y'all are going to a bad place. You're probably going to die, Suicide Squad. Let's go. Like, I didn't need that at all. Nor did I need the lady. Shut up! <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing, though. Like, I can kind of accept this just because it kind of it shows us how abruptly it's been explained to the squad. That they are just brought here, and then mm-hmm. they're told, like, here's, here's the deal. This is all you need to know. Go. And it's like, I, I actually kind of appreciate it on that level of just, like, this is him telling them. And that, so that's all they get. They're just like, okay, so we're going in this direction to fight something. Like that's all we know. So it's like I, I, I don't, I don't mind it too much. Um, I have a bit like I'm always sort of perplexed by Joel Kinnaman though, because he's just like the most sort of okay guy in the world. Like everything mm-hmm. about him is so just mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, he's he's fine. This is this is a common thing that this we've been hearing, thing. but I don't I don't it's understand in my notes. it. My uh, my thing is that I, you know, I like the quote unquote pep talk, but with Joel Kinnaman delivering it, it's like yeah, but you're not you're not like um like big. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you're not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're not like uh, Major Chip Hazard. You know, you're not like. <laughs> You're not big, of all, of all you know. The so it's like all of Major Bill Pullman, Hazard. if you will. Bill, Bill Pullman Bill. in Independence Day. He had mm. the pep talk, canceling. Oh, I don't. The apocalypse. I don't like that one. Now, see, you get Idris Elba to say it, and then I'll be like, all right, yeah. that's a pep talk. Okay. Same, same lines, 
different persons. See, Ed, it's it's um, it's going back to like Joel Kinnaman is supposed to be the the portrayal of an American GI Joe, but I don't see him as a leader of. But if Channing Tatum was doing it, you'd be like, "Yep, Duke." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, though, you almost got like a you know. I'm sure you guys have mentioned the whole fact that Tom Hardy was down for this part, and then the Revenant kind of came and swooped them away. And the thing is, like, not only are we missing out on just like whatever weird voice Tom Hardy would have thrown Rick Flag, <laughs> just to be like, you know, otherwise wrecks me. Yeah. Uh, I've heard his southern voice. I like his southern voice. He was in that one Shia LaBeouf movie about the moonshine. Oh yeah, the we call it lawless, lawless, yeah, the lawless. Nick, yeah. Nick Cave thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, oh, yeah. if he played it like that, though, because he was just completely unemotive in that. Though he was just like, yeah, yeah. And I think Revenant, he was also really southern. He always he always had dip in. <laughs> is he a short guy? He Tom is. Hardy? Yeah, he looks like he's I a think. He's yeah. a, little, yeah. a little brute, basically. I wonder yeah. if that's the you know the height between Joel Kinnaman and and Will Smith maybe that plays a part because mm. that would uh, but it's just yeah. the fact though that uh, Joel Kinnaman just can't really like the thing is like he's not a bad actor he's just very uh, yeah okay whereas Tom Hardy is just like yeah he could command a scene and like even when Tom Hardy's in absolute trash like for example Venom like he is still no matter what he's doing you're just, you can't take your eyes off him whereas this is very much just mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, Rick Flag was there. Yeah, too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was the the white very, man uh, who came with them <laughs> and was. Yeah, it'd be it'd be distracting with Tom Hardy probably, mm. um, because then you know then people would even start bringing up things. Well, why is he Rick Flag and why didn't they just bring him back as Bane? Someone stupid would say something <laughs> like that. <laughs> but um, it yeah, I guess the as of right now in american hollywood the quintessential american hero is dwayne the rock johnson so it's like when you when you think of what rick flag is supposed to be and then it's like he should be the rock and it's like but then there's joel kinnaman it's like you i don't know like dwayne johnson if dwayne johnson was the was rick flag then it'd be like oh yeah you're you're supposed to fight the predator you know like you are the big strong action action mm. figure you know <laughs> but he's playing a super villain instead so good for him um but i do i like i said i like the pep talk i like you know as far as moments in film go where exposition is needed it is a fine acceptable scene i just um i don't know maybe i don't know maybe it's all on purpose but Joel Kinnaman just does not deliver uh, with the charisma for me, but mm. it's fine. Um, but uh, yeah, and then uh, we do get this moment between <laughs> Harley Quinn where she says, "I'm known to be quite vexing," yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and he, and she has like this. It, to me, it's, it feels very much like Batman the Animated Series where he he tells her to shut up, but she has like this this pouting mm. moment. Where she's just like she shuts up and she does this whole like pout thing. It is somewhat cute, although uh, it's a vulgar moment. It's very rude. I mean, it's Suicide Squad. It's supposed to be like Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad minute. Yeah, but it's supposed to be very abrupt and and uh, I guess a ca- another cause uh, another quip. Mm-hmm. Is this a, is this a? Yeah, but like he doesn't um, yell. I don't think at all in the movie, unless he's just. Um, loudly speaking his lines mm-hmm. he doesn't 
exclaim. He doesn't yell at anybody mm. else. Um, so like, this is the this one time. is the one time I'm pretty sure where it's just like a, whoa, okay, flex. Um, you got camo on, cool. <laughs> like it's just one of those. Like, oh, oh, like you know, we know these kind mm. of people, Mark. So it's like, <laughs> it's just like one of those. Like, oh yeah, okay, but. Um, I don't know. It's just a a yell to establish like a dominance thing. Um, drill sergeant. Yeah, right? I didn't get drill sergeant feel from it. I just got like in that one moment, it is drill sergeant. Whereas the whole the whole thing should have been drill sergeant. Yeah, it should have been like he should always be in drill sergeant mode because you are dealing with mm-hmm. basically um, like juvenile delinquents. Like mm-hmm. you are. You know, like when they take kids through prison, they're like, "Oh, look at these guys! This is what you might oh, end up like." Straight. Yeah, now I don't know if you know much about the American prison system, but well, it's a it's a very messed up. I did watch uh, all of Oz, so yeah, if that's an accurate portrayal, <laughs> then uh, then yeah, I think I you go inside, you instantly get either viciously murdered or uh, owned by somebody else, and uh, then you just wait until you eventually are viciously murdered or. Uh, owned by somebody else and uh, that's that's the way uh-huh. american prisons work right oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. legalized slavery they say um but <laughs> yeah it's a uh, he, sh- he it's it's weird because it's um uh this this character has to do a lot he has to be uh june moon's savior and then also oh. the 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 control uh, in the mm. experiment you know he has to be, oh yeah i get what you're saying he's supposed to be okay. like the um the, yeah, the, the gateway the between yeah. the audience and these he's yeah. supposed to be the choir the the chorus yes he's supposed to be the chorus of the mm. of the film um but then he's also got to be action hero drill yeah. sergeant so yeah it is a lot on joel kinnaman so maybe he does a good job juggling it the all thing but, is though it's like um you just briefly mentioning that the the june moon thing I think like mm-hmm. that is one of the the major sort of failings of this movie is this the the entire relationship between Rick and Flag and June Moon because you kind of mm-hmm. for, completely forget about it up until the climax where he's just like oh yeah I'm in love with this woman and you're like oh that's right yeah they were supposed to be and then it's because they're just, you know they have to juggle so many things the actual romance between them is just virtually non-existent and even the character of June Moon. I couldn't tell you a thing about her, except she just seems to cry loads and seems to be just jittery. And that's only because of the fact she's possessed by Enchantress. And it's just like, yeah, her as a character, mm-hmm. no idea anything about it. I don't know why she's attracted oh, to yeah, Red Flag. Yeah. I don't know how they really got together. I don't recall any chemistry between them. Whereas if, you know, you could have had saved Enchantress for a sequel, maybe had June Moon feature in this one a little bit or something, and then... You know the 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 romance between Rick Flag's a, a background element. Maybe have Rick Flag in this, have him like, oh, his girlfriend is this is this woman, and then in your sequel, she becomes the big threat, and then you've know, got less going on. You can concentrate that into being like an emotional uh, through point. But in this one, it's just sort of a real like, oh yeah, that's there as well. And it's kind of like it just adds the fact that the climax is just like, oh yeah, we saw Ghostbusters, so we just did that. And then he was like, you remember the bit where Dana Barrett was like, you thought she was dead for a bit, but then she was encased in a thing? That's, we're just doing that. And it's like, you remember the way you cared about the romance between Venkman and Dana Barrett, though. We're going to try to do that, but we're not really going to try to do that. We're just going to throw in some stuff a little bit early on that, like, yeah, they're, they're a thing, apparently. 
Yeah, um, uh, it's 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 because we've never seen the the other the quote unquote other version of this film. Um, it's hard to tell if this this version of the of the film that we got did they did they try to dial up that part of the story, um, and should it be dialed back more or should we dial it up? Mm. Should we dial it back or should we? Bring it up imagine? even more, because you're saying bring it up yeah, more. Yeah, uh, imagine so that it actually up, means and something. Then this is a man who is literally like, at this point in his in his life, the, you know, his his the love of his life is possessed by a woman who's now destroying this entire city, and he has to go and he has to get these mm-hmm. people together, and they have to do what they need to do, and then he's got a bunch of unru- unruly, again, like you said, juveniles basically showing up. And he's really, really stressed. And you're feeling that stress with him. So then when Harley's just kind of joking about going, like, well, I'm known to be quite vexing, then him going, shut up, would be like, it would hit you as, like, that's why he's doing it. It's because this guy has literally got the weight of the world on his shoulders. Within the next three or four hours, he could see his entire world die, basically. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would get it from that point. Like, make the stakes higher. Make the stakes higher for Rick Flagg. Rick Flag likes his steaks rare, <laughs> bloody, and they need to be top shelf. With you an get American this high stakes. Um, Are you getting American this joke? Flag I'm riffing, right? In the, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see it. This is good. This is good talk, right? T bone, not yeah, a T bone. Mashed potatoes. Let's do like a top story. I will say though, because uh, I really yeah, do love yeah. that the, the the Harley. Like I'm known to be quite vexing uh, line, and like most people, mm-hmm. I have like nothing really but praise for Margaret Robbie. Like I think, oh, yeah, she did a, a terrific job. But it's just a shame, though, because, you know, I have my co-host, John, and I know you guys invited him on as well, but he's actually sick this week. Like, we recorded with him the other day. It sounds like he's about to die, basically. So uh, <laughs> he decided to sit this one out. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> but he's uh, he's the only person I know where, like, when um, I saw Suicide Squad, I was like, oh, yeah, so, well, that's okay, like, but... Um, there's a lot of problems with it, but you know, Margaret Robbie's really good, and he's like, Oh, that's good to hear. And then he came out of it, and he's like, I hated her, I hated every second of Ooh. her. She was the worst thing in the whole movie. And then, as I, I've discovered with him since, because I was like, I don't understand though, because she's just playing Harley the way Harley should be played. And then finding out that, like, apparently, he also really hates like the Looney Tunes and stuff. He's like, I don't like that kind of wacky slapstick comedy. Now, I'm kind of like, mm, I think okay. he's just not told me, he might secretly just hate Harley Quinn. And then now he's he's gone about it in this roundabout way to be like I hate the actress playing her, and but he always comes out with little rants about how much he hates Margot Robbie. But I think he's only seen her in this, and a bit of the Wolf of Wall Street, which he also hated and turned off halfway through. Mm. So it's like, I don't know if you're giving her a fair shake, dude. <laughs> but she is fan- she's great in this movie. Like though. The... She completely won the hearts of the world because nobody afterwards was going. Huh, if only they'd recast someone else as Harley Quinn, you know. They did it with freaking Jared Leto, mm-hmm. but with Margaret Robbie, he's like, no, she's perf- perfect for this part. So, uh, but yeah, it yeah. would have been, I was hoping he was going to come on so like it could actually grill him on air. It's like, what is, what, what is it that you don't like, though? Like, what's... It's time to find the Maybe truth. Maybe we should do a, a special <laughs> episode. When he gets better, we're going to like do like a, a confrontational Just thing. have him record something separately, send it to us, and at the end of the episode, we'll just put it in, and it'll be like Donovan's <laughs> moment to just air out his grievances about Harley Quinn. I'm okay with that. Please Pass the idea ju- Just let him know that he can record that. 
Uh, and then we'll put it at the end, and I want to hear the full shakedown. And we should do like a the, the, maybe the ro- some credits. We'll have like a confrontation. And Parker's stuff. roast of Margot Robbie's <laughs> Harley Quinn. Yeah, um, we talked about it many times. Um, it um, sometimes I will say so. Like her line here, mm-hmm. it's now I apologize. It's, too it's a little too Long Island it's, for me. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. just it's a, it's just turning that yeah. a little bit wrong. Just like oh. That's falling off the cute side into my Aunt Mindy. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want that. And uh, I I like it. I like the strong New York accent. No, I like that as well. But yeah. And Margot Robbie's great. We've said it before. I'm yeah. pretty sure I've uh, she's great. She's fantastic. I do enjoy it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little much. This is a little much for me right now. But it has to be a little much. I know much. it has it's to be. Suicide um, I like it better when she's, uh, maybe because she's not in costume. And she and like I'm just seeing like a like like a New Yorker girl talking here to me right now. It's just like, Ay! I know there, there's a definite like there's a line later this week that even for me as a non-American who can't really tell like the nuances of the accents and stuff, but this line she comes out with is like mm-hmm. that just sounds like you're doing like a, a, like a Cindy Lauper impersonation rather than Harley. It goes into a real like almost Bronx accent and stuff. Yeah, see, and that's what I get from from this line right here. Um, but it is, I mean, later when she's like, later on in the movie when she's talking with like real heavy accent when they're on the street and in the mm. bar and stuff like that, I get it. But at the same time, it's it's like, it's really <laughs> regional. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I didn't know if I ever understood that from Harley Quinn growing up as a kid and watching it. Again, I've said I've never really paid attention to Harley Quinn as a character. She was just the side character for me. It was just, oh, okay, Harley Quinn's there. So and I don't know if I paid attention to her <laughs> dialect mm-hmm. now. And now that, you know, we try to perfect accents, I'm and, like, just and, it's just screaming to me. And so that's, you know, that's the point that we're talking about with, you know, <laughs> whether or not people don't like Harley Quinn, the character, or, or, the accent. or Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie playing uh, Harley Quinn is fine because she's doing what she's doing and she's nailing it perfectly. Okay. So now it's more like Harley Quinn is in this movie because Mm. of money, because it'll make money. And so it's like maybe that's what we don't like and that's what we've talked about before with things like Harley Quinn and, of course, Deadpool. Those are are the hot commodities. The marketing tools. Yes, you put those in movies. The reason, you know... Birds of Prey is being made is because Harley Quinn is in it, or like Harley Quinn, they're they're putting her in things because yeah. it's going to make money, mm-hmm. and so like that I understand if you don't like that. If you know, th- out of all the things Batman related that are making money, it is Harley Quinn. So it's like she's in here because of that. Now, mm-hmm. if you hate that, that's fine. But Margot Robbie is doing a fantastic job as the character, yeah, because. She can. Wow. Can you say that? Wow. <laughs> uh, anyway. So it's I don't know. I want to I want to hear the hot take. I want to I want to know. But um, yeah, she does. She just sport that New York accent in that in that line, and I like it. I like anytime she has any dialogue because I'm like, yeah, you sound you sound pretty cool. Just, 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 there's a point where it's like I don't want to listen <laughs> to my aunt. I think specifically it's the words known and and forewarning you. I'm just forewarning you. She, it's like, it's, it's, uh, I know that she's there for a reason. I know she is a very good actress and I know that her accent is on point. 
some things sound like you try too hard. Um, I have uh, the same exact thing written down for um, Diablo, I think, in some minute, maybe later on. Yeah, in like minute like on Wednesday or something like that. It's like I wrote down, like taking notes for this, I wrote down like dialogue too much, like too much feeling. And then I wrote the same exact thing on Wednesday and like realized like, oh, oh. And then I think it was like starting to click where I'm like, this is that. This is at this point in the film where it's like everybody is getting their kind of, I don't want to say monologue per se, but this is like, mm-hmm. here's you to show off your character. Yeah. And this is what this week is. This is character show off. Here's our show and tell. But we've been doing it for the past 45 <laughs> minutes of this movie. <laughs> After the, I was shocked though. Like when, uh, when you guys like uh, invited me on and you showed me the spreadsheet of like, oh, here's the, the, the minutes and stuff. And for some reason in my head, like when I was rewatching the the entire movie, I thought this scene was like way near the beginning. And I was really shocked that like, holy crap, it's like nearly an hour into the film by the time they actually get the Suicide Squad together. Mm-hmm. I was just amazed. Like, oh, I don't remember this bit. Like there had been such a preamble to getting the friggin' show on the road yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It takes an hour to do introductions, yeah. everybody. I, maybe not an hour. 45 minutes. It takes an hour, to, for, 45 minutes to do all the introductions, everybody. This is including an introduction because you're sh- seeing, like, yeah. the suit-up yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Not in this mm. minute, but this week. Yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to think um, with... I'm trying to think with the other... The past two films, Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice. And Man of Steel... Had twenty minutes was just a was a prologue that that shows you know Superman's kind of origins, mm-hmm. um, which either you hated it or you loved it. I get it. And I think forty five minutes into the film, at forty at week ten, we were at the first flight. We were at that moment where it was like, "This is Superman." That was like, forty five minutes. Superman yeah. has his has his suit. He's doing the flying thing. Mm-hmm. Superman mm-hmm. is here. Now we begin the second act where the aliens show up and threaten the planet. So we we introduced our character and we we got his whole character development being Superman. Now he's mm-hmm. Superman. Now it's time to fight. So it does fit in with that model of what DC, I guess, movies are doing with like introduction into conflict. Act one into act two, I guess I should say. Yeah, but, but Man of Steel was just doing one character and focusing on him and, and Lois Lane and, and, and yeah. getting everything... Everything was kind of more cohesive. But when you have six, you have to But go then through. it's like, but then it was, <laughs> yeah. You do a file cabinet of everything. No, literally a file cabinet. That's it's why like, I said like, it, here's, yes. Here's Deadshot. Here's <laughs> you get the Quinn, dossiers, yeah. It's a here's a Rick Flag. Here's a file cabinet. Here's Enchantress. Yeah. Now we bring them here to Midway City. Oh, yeah, by the way, Enchantress <laughs> is loose. Remember how they just, they skipped that moment where she yeah. escapes twice. Oh, yeah. They don't, it's off camera. Now she's destroying the city. Yeah. And now we're here. So it's like the one thing that we probably needed more exposition on is not <laughs> I here. I remember the, That's what though, we in the cinema when they, show, when they show you in flashback her escaping and stuff. I was really like, did we not see this already? Like they just showed the same scene mm-hmm. twice. Didn't they? What's going on? But uh, it's like, no, they show you the beginning of the yeah. same scene and then add on a thing. I was like, well, shouldn't you have put that earlier? And then just had Rick Flag just no. go like, this is what happened. Yeah. And then just have him say it. But... Uh, I guess they thought like now we need a visual punch and stuff to, to get the you know, to, to to make sure the audience knows what's going. On. I don't know. Maybe the the thing people won't follow what's going on in the movie or something. But 
Yeah, it's uh, but uh, let's see, forty-five minutes getting in. If the action starts next week, then we might be on track for the pacing of a film. Probably. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. say, you um, know, say like, oh, it's crazy that it takes them this long to get like to the the Suicide Squad. But then I do remember from doing Batman '89, it's like minute forty-two, I think, is when the Joker shows up. Because I, I just I specifically remember because mm-hmm. when he finally did show up. Because we had so much Joker material, <laughs> and we didn't want to talk about it until he's on screen. And then he was. It was like, oh, here we go. Finally, we can talk about the Joker. But that that doesn't feel like that. That still feels mm-hmm. like that's quite early on in the movie, though. Because then that's a good, you know, you get like a decent hour and a half of Batman versus the Joker then afterwards. But the, they, they just, I don't know, maybe they just pace yeah. it better. But then this, this, so. No, yeah, you're right. Because we also have uh, this Joker in this film who has to have minutes. So we've been talking about him as well. He has a, he's got a, a subplot that we've been talking about for 45 minutes now. So it's like we have to fit him in as well. And that kind of, mm, that pushes yeah. the pacing, you know, or, or slows it down. So it's like we got to deal with that one as well. We don't get to see any more Ike Byron Holtz anymore, do we? We don't get any more. Uh, no, they're out of Bell Rev. They're gone. No, no Oof, more, no bar. more Ike Baronholtz. Does he come back at the end? I don't think so. No, no. I, I think we're think done with him. Back. I think that oh, was that was bummer. the last time they give him the. the fo- yeah, you're right. What the heck? Is that the last time? If, we- let's ask him if he'll be on. Yeah, we'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, do you guys have anything else before we wrap up for today? Uh, no, let's. I just kind of want to get into more more things. Um, cool. Well, we're yeah. going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And you can find us on the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can chat with us, other guests who have been on the show, and other listeners of the show. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 47 of Suicide Squad. Yeah.